0: Hi, my name is Titsi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of enterprising families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen, and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families. And in this episode, I have Edward Thiessen from Trusted Family, and he is here to share with us about communication, governance, and technology, how it's all merging together to make the world a more interesting place for enterprising families. Welcome, Edward.
1: Well, hello, Titi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you're doing at Trusted Families? Because I find it so fascinating and it's so important.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Brussels, Belgium. Originally, I grew up there. Um, and basically, over 10 years ago, my dad sent me to a family business conference. And I realized I was part of a multi generational Belgian family active in building materials. Back then, I was still studying uh, in business school. Um, but to make a long story short, I came up with this idea to sort of build a technology platform and a mobile app to facilitate communication and governance uh in in my own family you know because my family was getting bigger family members were spreading out over different cities you know sometimes even countries most of the family members actually didn't work in the business anymore and so you know like that there was more distance versus the operating activities you know like you would miss certain meetings if you were abroad etc and so i was like hey we need a better way to communicate you know make decisions archive everything we do etc right so that's really how it started. so that was about ten years ago. at that conference, I met another Edward and he's part of another Belgian family business and so what happened was you know our, our two families had sort of similar needs and similar structures, so we decided to build the technology together and then to split the costs uh, over our two families. So we did that we launched it in into our you know our two families, but then very quickly we realized that you know, other families had an interest, you know, like Belgium's a small world. Other families sort of heard about the project and they were like, hey, this sounds interesting. Uh, You know, could we join the the platform? And because the platform had been built for two families, adding a third one was actually relatively easy until maybe six, seven years ago where we we really do some market research and we realized that, you know, in most countries, 50 to 70% of the companies are actually family owned, right? And so we're like, Hey, well, if we had this issue, you know, probably all these other families had a similar issue. Um, So we raised 1.2 million euro, I moved to New York, and we really started, you know, building this up and scaling it up as as a business, right. So I've lived for five years in New York. And then I sort of transitioned back to Belgium, and then now to London, about two years ago. Um, And I really like it here.
0: Wow. Your story is a very fascinating one because I'm just thinking when you look at it, families grow and um, we tend, even normal families that are not business families, uh, we grow, we spread apart, we go different countries, different spaces, and we tend to then try to to harness technology to communicate with each other will be on WhatsApp groups and so forth. So definitely for a family that's in business and where you have multiple shareholders and you want input from different family members, it, it would make sense to have a platform that actually helps you communicate. So how does your platform work? Like from the concept, I hear what you're saying that you wanted to be able to communicate better and to be able to um, know what happened at meetings and so forth. So you wanted to make it an integrated platform where everybody can talk to each other. Is, is that how it works? How does it work?
1: Yes, yeah, so the way we, look, we started is we sort of started looking at how do families work in mm-hmm. real life, right? Mm-hmm. And so when a family transitions from the first to the second or third generation, typically what they do is they will create governance bodies, right? They will mm-hmm. create like board of directors, maybe an investment committee, or a family council, et cetera, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was really the first thing we looked at. Mm-hmm. And you know, for each of these meetings, you know, often families still work informally, right? Like, you know, they, they chat informally, they take decisions informally, et cetera. But we felt that, you know, as more and more family members join and start missing these meetings, actually managing these meetings a bit more formally makes sense, right? So you should have an agenda for these meetings, you should have you know, written minutes of these meetings, et cetera, right? And then we're like okay well how can we build a tool to sort of facilitate um you know the sort of meeting process where you can like you know set the date for the meeting invite people to join people can reply if if they can make it or or not you Mm -hmm. can have an agenda for the meeting you can uh post the the minutes um after the meeting Mm -hmm. people can sign like in certain countries you have to sign uh, the minutes of a board meeting legally, mm-hmm. uh, so that they have proof and and that they're validated. So all of that you can sort of do uh, through the platform, right? So that was really the first level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you reproduce, you know, all these governance structures in a mm-hmm. digital environment, so mm-hmm. that you know anyone can just come and see the whole history of all the decisions that were ever taken. You know, everything's documented, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, because there are a lot of documents you know a lot of families don't want to use email to share documents right because yeah. email is not the most secure technology so you could basically you know like if you send an email to 10 people with certain documents these documents get copied on 10 diff- different email boxes these emails mm-hmm. can then be forwarded you have no clue if people have read them etc mm-hmm. right so that's kind of also something we wanted to change was to have one platform where all the documents are housed centrally and then people connect to the platform, Mm -hmm. but you don't get, you know, tons of copies of these documents on everyone's devices, right? Yeah, yeah, Uh, got
0: it.
1: So that was a big part of of what we were looking at. So that's just the board piece, right? Yeah. But then you add the second piece, which is the shareholder piece, right? Mm -hmm. As the family grows, you get more and more non-active owners. And so one of the biggest issues in family business is... You know the difference between active owners and non-active owners because the active ones they would know what's happening they would have access to all the information they would be making the decisions mm-hmm. and then you have the non-active ones uh ones that you know as long as everything goes well they don't complain mm-hmm. but when things are a bit more difficult you know they would be asking hey why did we take this decision or i didn't know about this so i didn't know about that right mm-hmm. and so we felt that in today's day and age it's actually super important to update your non-active shareholders on a regular basis right in most countries legally if your company is private you just have to do one shareholder meeting a year Mm -hmm. but doing one shareholder meeting a year you know it's not enough right so there we're like how do we build a platform that helps ceos chairmen to actually update their shareholders i would say at least on a monthly basis Give them an update what's happening in the business, how, you know, how are the numbers, what are the new products or or shops or whatever, you know, like that's relevant for the business, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to build connectivity with these shareholders. They can like, you know, keep learning about the business, uh, et cetera. So that was really the the second bucket. The third bucket was really the family side of things. Mm -hmm. How do you keep the family close to each other? Mm -hmm. know because as the family grows spouses come in you know kids are educated by different parents Mm -hmm. you know you start to have a lot more diversity right yes and you know if everyone's in the same city it's easy to stay you know close to each other but in today's day and age you know people will study abroad you know they will work abroad and and so more and more families are sort of spread and and so you don't have that same connectivity right Mm -hmm. and so certain of our families use our technology then to share you know, stories, um, you know, how everyone's doing, you know, archive all the pictures from their, you know, like weddings, you know, family meetings, all that stuff. So it's kind of like, yeah, it sort of became a tool working on all these different levels of the family business ecosystem.
0: Mm -hmm. And now look at 2020 you've been in uh, doing this for 10 years and obviously over the 10 years you've learned a lot and you've adjusted your platform to make it better better performing adding more services and more values looking at 2020 how has your how have you seen your growth in this year compared to other years and um, have you do you think that in in retrospect when you're looking at um, all the work you've done it's been more critical this year than any other year
1: well yeah i mean it's been a very busy and very intense year for us because you know i mean in 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 most countries around the world you know lockdowns started you know in march april may mm-hmm. and in most countries around the world you know april may june are the months where all these family businesses have their board meetings their shareholder meetings all that stuff right Mm -hmm. So suddenly, many of these families were used to come together and have all these meetings in person. They couldn't anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there were really two cases. Obviously, we had existing clients Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where suddenly they started using the platform even more because Mm -hmm. there was just no alternative, right? All the board meetings were virtual. uh, All the shareholder meetings, you know, had to be planned through the platform. For certain Mm -hmm. clients, we even helped them with sort of the voting process. Mm-hmm. Like who owns what and, you know, how do how you document the voting process during these meetings? Also, because of the crisis, you know, like non-active shareholders wanted to know what was happening, right? I mean, certain mm-hmm. industries are heavily affected.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so a lot of our clients started posting weekly updates or bi-weekly updates, really saying, hey, this is what's happening. Um, you know, this is what we know. This is what we don't know. Um, and, and really build trust in, into the system, Right. Mm -hmm. because there's been so much uncertainty this year that a lot of families were like, Hey, on top of the health crisis, the economic crisis, we we can't have a family crisis, right? True. And so they were like, Hey, let's really make sure we invest in the family so that there's good communication and good transparency, Mm -hmm. because we will only know in six months time or nine months time if the decisions these family leaders take are the right ones. You get my Mm -hmm. point? Because yeah, with so much uncertainty, you know, the active ones have to make big decisions, but it's super tough yeah. because we've never been through anything like this, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that that was one part, and then obviously we had a lot of families who were not working with trusted family before, and who were still, you know, mostly meeting in person or maybe using email. Mm-hmm. And so there again, suddenly everyone was like, to like adopt technology to be able to operate uh and to share information securely etc right because all the borders were closed people couldn't travel anymore mm. um, yeah it's, it's been very busy and you know obviously now you know things things have sta- stabilized a little bit and and you know i think people have sort of you know adapted to the new way of working but i think the bigger known is like how long is this gonna last right mm. like i'm in london right now they just announced uh, new restrictions most of europe is going through sort of a, a big second wave Mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of question marks like how do we you know how do we resolve this right mm. so yeah it's been busy and obviously the team we have a great team a trusted family and you know for, for the team it was also you know and you know everyone had to adapt right you have kids at home suddenly you're like you know the office setup is, is different i mean luckily as a technology company we had all the tools and 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 processes in place to be able to operate 100% remotely and mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, it's, you know, like normally we do like an offsite every year, we couldn't hold it. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this sort of virtual sessions and and, and sort of team building activities uh, with the team to still stay, you know, close together and, and connected.
0: Wow. And looking at the future of governance of families in the tech age and like, because I'm looking at it, trusted family has somehow, you um, being positioned as the new Zoom for families because for Zoom has been around for so long. And before COVID, I think very few people used it as much as they did all of a sudden. And um, so similarly, I think you've, you've seen the same type of growth because obviously, families have needed, enterprise and families have needed the service. What do you think is is your thought projection going into the future? It looks like a very tech future where a lot of things are going to be maintained online and a lot more businesses are going to be more online than brick and mortar. What do you see as the future for technology, for family governance using technology? And what would you advise?
1: Yeah, so I think two things. First of all, I mean, family businesses are just a huge part of the economy, and you know they're strong today, and you know they, they will be strong tomorrow. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a massive crisis, but you know a lot of families will will get out of this. And so, you know, like the family business field is just it's a huge market opportunity, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and we think everyone has the same issue and. Like you said, it's a very interesting time because Trusted Family was started as, as a project initially for two Belgian, you know, family business. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've realized that everyone has the same problem and that there's a huge market opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we're not, you know roughly twenty five people. You know, we're you know we're profitable. We've proven that it works, and now we really want to bring Trusted Family to like any family business in in the world, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the work we're doing is how do we make this standard. So that each family business that, you know, the moment they become sort of second generation Mm -hmm. um, or third generation, you know, trusted family becomes a standard. So we're working very, very closely with the family business advisory community. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I'm a tech guy, but I also know like tech is only one part of the issue. Mm -hmm. It can facilitate a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but families also need, you know, to, to implement these governance structures, et cetera, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: why we work so so closely with many of the family business advisors, is you know, the whole family business advisory field is also booming all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um and and so we think that's a great opportunity for us to work hand in hand with these advisors to 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 bring innovative solutions to to, to families around the world. Mm.
0: And when you see the way families are communicating on the platform, how have you seen um, the different generations adaptation to the, the trusted family platform, as well as to, to using tech um, in decision-making and family governance?
1: So I think the key on any tool is the content, right? I mean, people are busy, people are bombarded you know, with information every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so what's really important in the family is like, what's going to make, like what do people want to know about and how do you structure that content? So a big part of what we do is helping families understanding, Hey, what type of information should you share with the board? What type of information should you share with your shareholders? What type of information should you share with, with the family? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of your, your content strategy, come up with the right formats, uh, the, the right content titles, etc. And when you have the right content, People will come. I mean, in Mm -hmm. terms of the different generations, obviously, younger generation members, you know, they're more mobile, they're more used to texting, you know, than reading emails, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Maybe some more senior family members, they might be more like on an iPad or, you know, different types of devices, right? In Mm -hmm. today's day and age, I mean, unless you've never used a computer, Mm -hmm. you know, from the moment you've used a computer, today, these mobile interfaces are, you know, very easy to use. Mm -hmm. And so we think it's very accessible to, you know, any family member out there.
0: Okay. And you you mentioned that you're working with uh, the family uh, advisory community. How do you work with family advisors and how how do they influence the platform or the development of the platform and also um, having the families that they work with starting to engage the platform?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're still building that practice, but what we realized is Whenever a family starts working with a family business consultant, typically Mm -hmm. the the advisor is gonna start by doing an assessment. It's gonna interview everyone, right? Mm -hmm. To understand what works, what doesn't work, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, all all this information could be archived on the platform. You could also use, we have a survey module Mm -hmm. to do sort of online assessments where Mm -hmm. you can use that to sort of understand what family members think about specific issues, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then typically, you know, policies are going to be developed, right? Like mm-hmm. a, maybe a family charter or sort of a, a, you know, a board policy, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the same work, it's kind of a project where documents get written and then you have to share it with like, you know, five, 10, 20 people, you know, they then come back with potential comments, etc. right? So the whole process
0: mm-hmm.
1: where advisors work with these families, it's projects, right? Yes. And in every project, you know, there are meetings, there are you know documents being shared and feedback and collaboration, et cetera. So we realized if we work closely with these advisors and they can introduce our technology during these projects um, with the families they work with,
0: it's
1: mm-hmm. just a great win-win where you know many of these families will then actually like the technology and then keep it afterwards and, and use it as their main governance tool.
0: Brilliant. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Edward, for joining me on this episode of Enterprising Families. Is there one parting word of advice you'd like to give families, especially from your experience, not only as a, as a tech developer, but also from your experience as a family member that's been in a multi-generational family and has experienced governance and um, has experienced how governance can work better with, um, when you have the relevant tools to assist?
1: Well, maybe my biggest advice. I think the biggest question is, you know, in this space is really like how do you build long-term family success, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know businesses come and go. You know industries that were hot fifty or hundred years ago might not be the you know interesting industries today. Mm. So I think the question is, you know, how do families adapt and transform over over the generations and build that that long-term thinking? So, you know, I think. I tell families, every business is, you know, they make business plans for like three to five years, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, What's sort of your family vision plan? Like where do you want to be as a family in 10 years time, in 20 years time, you know, mm-hmm. and and really think a little bit out of the box and, and long term. I've, I've really been through that process with certain families. And it's fascinating when you sort of take a step back and really think, you know, what's going to happen in the next 10, 20 years? What are the mega trends affecting the world? And. You know what's the place we we can uh you know uh, play there you know i think it's really interesting
0: brilliant thanks again edward
1: well thank you Tsitsi um you know for for, for this great conversation <music>